0: Welcome to the StemWire Live podcast. I'm Liza Cordero, your host from CNA Education. This is our very first episode, so thank you for listening in. Let me tell you a little bit about us and what we do. CNA Education is a division of CNA, a nonprofit objective research and analysis organization based in Arlington, Virginia. CNA operates the Navy's Federally-Funded Research and Development Center and the Institute for Public Research, or IPR. As part of the IPR, CNA Education serves the public good by providing in-depth analysis and actionable solutions to help policymakers and practitioners improve teaching and learning, make informed decisions, and manage programs effectively. We're unique because our researchers work on-site with schools and districts, and in addition to extensive analytical and content area expertise, they possess a first-hand understanding of education issues and real-world implications. One of the key areas CNA Education focuses on is Career and Technical Education, or CTE. As the demand for employees with more sophisticated technical, academic, and employability skills has risen, so has the importance of a strong CTE program that prepares students for relevant post-secondary education and ultimately success in in in-demand fields. CNA Education recently launched an initiative called STEMWIRE which aims to provide the rigorous research and technical assistance needed to strengthen the research base on CTE and support current and developing CTE programs. Dr. Steve Lee and Miss Juliana Pearson are two CNA education researchers with expertise in college and career readiness. And they're here with us today for the very first episode of STEM Wire Live. Steve has expertise in evaluating education program outcomes and implementation. Juliana has expertise in education policy research with an emphasis on college and career readiness, career and technical education, and workforce development. Juliana and Steve, thank you so much for joining me today. So our very first question is for Juliana. Why is it that CNA is choosing to focus on STEM education and STEM CTE? Why is it important?
1: Well, thanks, thanks, Liza, for having us today um, for STEMWIRE. So CNA is really focusing on STEM CNA because there's a huge need to train more highly qualified workers in this area. Currently, the demand for STEM workers exceeds the supply in many high-growth fields. So there's a need not only for additional Training opportunities for students but for strong research on whether this training is effective and what constitutes an effective program. And also when many people think about STEM, they think about science and technology workers with advanced degrees you know, PhDs in chemistry, biology, neuroscience. But it's important to conduct research on STEM programs throughout the educational pipeline. Um, research from the Center on Education and the Workforce at Georgetown University actually indicates that half of all STEM jobs require less than a bachelor's degree. And um, through some of our prior work, we've really seen how sub-baccalaureate credentials, that is, associates, degrees, and certificates, can improve students' economic and employment prospects. Um, for example, we recently completed an evaluation um, of a U.S. Department of Labor grant in Connecticut. And it funded the development of health and life science programs at a consortium of five community colleges throughout the state. And uh, through the grant, the colleges were able to greatly expand access to health and life science programs, particularly in in in-demand fields such as nursing, medical administration, and biotechnology. And so I I think the focus on STEM CTE throughout the educational pipeline is really important. So STEMWIRE
0: itself, um, we call it STEMWIRE, we have a website out there right now, we're gathering information, we're in the very early stages of STEMWIRE. So who is it that we're really trying to reach and what kind of difference is it going to make?
1: I think we're trying to reach a variety of audiences. I think um, one of the most important purposes of this work will be able to create research that's both policy and practice relevant. I mean, something that can be used to actually improve programs and highlight concrete recommendations about what research indicates works.
0: Steve, I'm gonna call on you because you're part of this STEM Wire team that we have established at CNA Education. Why do you think it's important?
2: Oh, I think it's important to study uh, and evaluate these CTE programs because there isn't a lot of understanding currently about what makes CTE programs effective or even if CTE programs are effective within themselves, um, right now, the research is pretty in the end secondary level.
0: Great. So, you know, Juliana, as I was reading your bio, I see that you do have a special focus and you've spent a lot of years um, looking at CTE education. So why is this personally important to you?
1: Um, For a couple of reasons, Liza. I think um, for me, when I think about STEM education specifically, both within CTE and with other contexts, um, equity is really a fundamental reason to do this research. So um, research indicates that young women and students of color are underrepresented in many STEM CTE fields. Um, For example, only a small percentage of young women take STEM-focused CTE courses, programs like Project Lead the Way, which um, focuses on engineering. And also more advanced courses like um, AP Computer Science in high school. And then subsequently, they're less likely to major in STEM fields in college. Um, So I think we need additional research on strategies to effectively engage underrepresented students in both CTE and STEM programs and understanding what motivates these students to, or untraditional students to come into programs and then what helps them be successful in them. And then I think another critical aspect of why I focused on CTE so much throughout my career thus far is that it provides um, rigorous educational opportunities for students who might struggle in a traditional classroom. So, you know, some students, I think, just simply learn better through hands-on learning and that sort of approach that's used in a CTE classroom, that sort of problem-solving learning by doing. So I've had friends who've struggled academically in school but then thrived in CTE courses, which have then led to... Um, high-paying jobs in high-growth fields. So um, I think it's really important to consider how each student learns best and provide them with an equitable opportunity to achieve. And and CT is really one opportunity for doing that and for doing it well when a program is effective.
0: So STEMWIRE itself is, and I know we're talking a lot about students and we think of uh, the traditional K-12 student, but um, STEMWIRE itself is looking at opportunities for women for minorities for veterans um, do we think that that's uh, an area that lacks a lot of one support but two research
1: you know I, I think there is a need for additional research in specific education on specific educational strategies that will help those populations succeed in CTE programs I mean as Steve as Steve mentioned there's currently fairly limited, research on the effectiveness of CTE programs, um, including strategies to help non-traditional students engage.
0: So that's actually the perfect leads to my next question. I think I'll ask both of you this question is, what are some of those gaps? I know, Steve, you you touched upon it a little bit, but um, what are those gaps? And in turn, what does that mean for CNA education's research priorities?
1: Sure. So I think one of the major limits of CTE research um, up to this point has been the fairly limited amount of of quantitative student-level data that's available on CTE programs, and thus existing studies have been pretty small in scale and um, tend to show mixed results about both academic academic outcomes. For the research on the labor market outcomes is a little bit a little bit stronger. Um, I think I think more research that used you know an experimental design with random assignment or a quasi-experimental design which kind of seeks to replicate an experiment within a natural setting um, would really be beneficial for for the field.
2: Yeah, I think that, back only those comments, I think in my exposure to the research so far, I think there is some research on this topic area. I think the main problem is that there's not a lot of research using rigorous experimental methods. So um, I think one important uh, advanced that that could be done in the field of research right now is conducting research that uses rigorous experimental methods um, that will allow us to determine if the effects of any particular CT program is actually doing what it's supposed to be doing um, right now the level of rigor the level of um, the level of rigor of the research is a little bit harder to tell if these CT programs are really effective and, the number of studies that are really using rigorous uh, methods, it's pretty limited right now. So um, I think hopefully in the future, um, that may be an avenue of research.
0: I'd like to now kind of switch gears a little bit, stay on the CTE, um, under the CTE umbrella, but um, I wanted to focus on some research that I know, Steve, you've been uh, part of reviewing, Juliana, you as well, um, called CTE equation, the CTE equation, uh, research that CNA education recently conducted in Florida and in Tennessee. Steve, can you talk to me a little bit about that research? Uh,
2: yeah, so to give some background information about these studies, um the National Association of State Directors of Career Technical and Education consortium developed um, a national career clusters framework and basically what this framework does is organize all CT programs into six broad career areas and so these career areas include areas like you know human services finance uh, manufacturing and other areas and what we did in our research is take the take local and state, level labor market data to project which of these 16 corresponding CTE career clusters who experienced the highest amount of growth in high growth, high wage jobs in in the state. And then we also did the analysis broken down by region. Um, And so regarding what we actually found was that um, in Tennessee and in Florida, we found that business administration and management, health sciences, and education training, for each of the three highest areas uh, to experience the highest amount of growth and high-growth, high-wage jobs. Um, now I should also note that within each of these particular clusters, there is a wide diversity of jobs um, within each of these clusters. So for example, in business administration, you know, includes titles like accounting manager, assistant billing manager, um, paralegal, secretary, admin assistant. Um in health sciences, titles include athletic trainer, lab technician, you know, dietary manager, radiologist. And education training includes titles like psychologist, social worker, and career counselor. So given the diversity of titles in these clusters, um, it should not be surprising that there's a high degree of variation um of salaries within any particular cluster. So um while these areas may be uh experiencing the highest amount of growth in terms of high-growth, high-wage jobs, um, students should pay attention to the particular jobs within a per- particular cluster to see if they're interested in pursuing a high-wage, uh, high-growth position. Um, another important factor in a note uh, is that, you know, if students are interested in staying within a particular regional area, there is regional variation in terms of what will be a high-growth, high-wage job. And so um, our report, you know, would provide that sort of guidance for a particular student. They're looking to see um, if they want to stay in a particular region. Well, what are the um, uh, career clusters that are going to be experiencing um, the highest amount of growth? Um,
0: I would think that this has a lot of implication. This study CTE equation has a lot of implications for your economic development entities within states.
2: Well, yeah, I think one of the, under the, uh, there's federal legislation and grants available right now in which um, the federal government is trying to align labor market needs with employer needs. And so, for example, in 2014, um, Vice President Joe Biden allow, uh, announced, a, a, I think, believe, a $140 million grant um, in order to... Uh, Encourage partnerships between employers and local schools, so that local schools will offer CTE programs that directly feed into local jobs. And so, um, you know, I see that as a continuing high priority for the federal government in the future.
0: Which kind of leads perfectly into my next question: What are the policy implications of the findings? Um, we we talk about uh, in Florida perhaps where uh, we should be spending more money in, in developing CTE programs, because we know that the jobs will be there. Same thing for Tennessee. Are those the key policy implications or is, are there other things that states should be thinking about?
2: Well, in terms of the policy implications of the report, you know, as I just mentioned, we, also, we were looking at what are some of the uh, high growth areas in terms of career clusters um, in Tennessee and Florida. Um, the other thing that we did in Tennessee was also look at what, what students were actually, um, what programs were actually being offered by um, schools, and then also looking at to see um, what students are actually taking. And so in our findings, we found that the five highest career clusters were health science, uh, business management and administration, transportation distribution, distribution logistics, education training, and advanced manufacturing. So these are the five clusters that we think, are going to, in terms of projection between 2012 and 2022, that will experience the highest amount of growth in terms of high growth, high-wage jobs. And we found that 66% of schools actually offer a career cluster in health sciences, 59% offer uh, a career cluster in uh, business management and administration, while only 17% of schools uh, offered uh, a career cluster in education training and advanced manufacturing. So. Um, in that sense there's a little bit of a mismatch um, in that you know there's, uh, there's going to be high growth in education training and advanced manufacturing but only 17% of schools are actually offering um, you know, a concentrator within these particular clusters uh, the other thing was also looked at was what students were actually taking in terms of graduation and we found that um, about 22% of students graduated with a concentrator within the health science career cluster. Um, the next two highest areas were health and human services and then uh, agricultural food and natural services. And about 15% of students graduated uh, with a concentrator within these clusters. And then for all the other remaining career clusters, there's only 10% or less students taking um, these, uh, taking a concentrator within the career cluster. So areas like... You know education training advanced manufacturing which are going to be really high growth areas only one percent of students actually graduated with a concentrator uh, within this particular um, career cluster so i think the results in terms of policy implications are informative in the sense that it gives a sense uh to policy makers uh, about what programs and studies they should be offering, expanding or otherwise modifying, to, in order to ensure students are prepared for opportunities and high-wage, high-fortune careers. Um, and it also gives a sense of for students as well, or you know, in terms of making an informed decision of what to major in or what to study. Um, it gives some students some guidance in terms of making a fully informed decision about their own career uh, future and preparation. About you know, what are some of the areas that may be good. um, study for their own career benefit.
0: So, bringing this full circle back to STEMWIRE, obviously CNA has experience looking at CT programs, aligning them with the high-wage jobs, with current data. With STEMWIRE, we will continue to do that, that type of work, if not the exact work, but what would you, Steve, consider the most important thing for just the public to know about STEMWIRE? And then, Juliana, I'm going to ask you the same question.
2: Well, I think with STEMWIRE, I think the most important thing is that the public should know that this is a really accessible, up to date um, forum in order to gain information about uh, the latest trends in CTE education policy. And so, if you are a teacher or a high school teacher at a uh, uh, school that offers CTE training. If you're a local policymaker at the li- local state institution or um, LEA, um, I think that STEM Wire gives you a very short and accessible way to access policy research um, in a quick and easy way. Um, you know, in addition, uh, a lot of our reports are also available on our CNA website if you want to take a deeper dive into some of the research that we'll be doing. But you know, I think StemWire is great. Is that if you just want something that you're, if you're just eating lunch at your desk and you want to have something quick and easy to access, you know, I think StemWire is a great way to get a lot of information in a quick and digestible way.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd echo um, I'd echo Steve. I think it's a way to really learn about what other what other programs, practitioners, policymakers are doing. For example, we recently. Um, uploaded a video series of interviews with CTE stakeholders um, throughout the, the Appalachian region talking to them about what what the importance of CT CTE is and what it offers to students. so it's a way to learn from from others in the field. And then it's also a way I think I think the type of work that we do can really start conversations that are relevant within the broader policy context. So for example, the House and Senate are currently in the process of reauthorizing the Perkins, Career and Technical Education Act, and that bill um, requires states and districts to actually build partnerships with local employers when setting benchmarks for their CTE programs. So you can look at a a report like the CTE equation in Tennessee or Florida and think about how similar work might be done in another state or location and then how it might start a conversation to build a strong partnership.
0: Thank you both, Juliana Pearson, Steve Lee, for joining us today for the first episode of StemWire Live. I'm going to put both of you on the hook for coming back once we get a little bit further into our research with StemWire. I'm sure that we'll have lots more to say, so expect that I will be contacting both of you and look forward to hearing more from both of you. In the meantime, to learn more about CNA education or STEMWIRE, visit us at our website, cna.org.